Greetings, welcome. This is the Reading Instruction Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Eddie Johnson. Today's topic is peer-reviewed research related to reading instruction. Why is this important? Well, federal guidelines related to IEPs for reading state that special education services, that's the instruction and the intervention, should be based not just on any old type of research, rather on peer-reviewed research. So this podcast will explore the mystery of peer-reviewed research. In another podcast, I will examine an equally mysterious term, scientifically-based research. But what is blind peer review and peer-reviewed research? Well, first of all, in order for research to be scientifically-based, it has to be peer-reviewed. According to the U.S. Department of Education, peer-reviewed research, quote, generally refers to research that is reviewed by qualified and independent reviewers to ensure that the quality of the information meets the standards of the field before the research is published. Okay, that's the U.S. Department of Education weighing in on peer-reviewed research. Let us look at the process of peer review. Peer review, or blind peer review, refers to the process used to evaluate the quality of the research. Now, this is how it works. Once a study has been conducted, researchers write an article describing what they did and what they found. This article is sent off to an academic journal for consideration for publication. The editors of the journal selects reviewers who are considered to have expertise in the field. That's important. These reviewers evaluate the study without knowing who conducted it. All the names are taken off, hence the term blind peer review. Now, these reviewers consider such thing as clarity of the research question, the theoretical context in which the question was set, the adequacy of the methodology, the analysis of the data, the interpretation of the data, the validity of the conclusions, as well as the quality of the writing. They then have four options. One, they could recommend it for publication. Two, recommend it for publication with revisions. Three, suggest specific reservations be made and that it be resubmitted for consideration. Or four, recommend the article be rejected. Peer review simply denotes a process. The quality and rigor of this process varies Reviewers and editors of highly prestigious academic journals use a process that is rigorous and very selective. These journals have low acceptance rates and tend to have considerable influence on the field. Other journals have less rigorous review processes and higher acceptance rates. However, all are still considered peer-reviewed journals. Once published, the research is examined by researchers and practitioners within the field, as well as the general public. 
Here it's further analyzed, evaluated, critiqued, debated, and embraced, and or rejected. This is the process. Journal articles are then written supporting or denouncing the findings of the original research. Other research is carried out to replicate, reinforce, extend, or refute the findings. Tenure and promotion are earned, grants are awarded, fellowships given, books are written, and guest appearances are made. This all leads to new questions and new research. Thus, the cycle of research life continues. Let's take a look at the reviewers. Who reviews the reviewers? One of the concerning factors with peer review is the possibility of a skewed composition in the selection of the members. It is possible that the reviewers are overrepresented by individuals who, one, have a singular research paradigm, two, whose strong adherence to a singular theoretical model renders them data resistant, three, who have a strong political or ideological bias, or four, who might profit financially, either directly or indirectly, from a certain type of research publication or results. All right, now let's look at a panel of experts. Also included in a definition of peer-reviewed research by the U.S. Department of Education would be studies that are reviewed by a panel of experts. Now, this is a loosely defined construct. Examine examples of each of these groups that I'll tell you in just a minute have at various times been considered to be a panel of experts related to reading instruction. Some of the considered panels of experts have been special ed professors, professors in the area of literacy, elementary reading specialists, experienced teachers, Sometimes even business leaders are included here. Researchers who have published research in the area of reading. Researchers who have expertise in a singular scientific method that utilizes randomized controlled trials. Teachers and scholars who have reviewed a great deal of research related to literacy. These are all considered or have been considered to be panels of experts. All right. People who have written books about literacy or education. These have been considered to be panels of experts. Groups selected and recognized by established literacy learning organizations, such as the International Literacy Association or the National Council of Teachers of English. Political appointees to state and national education departments. And people from the National Institute of Child Health and Human Development. These have all been considered to be panels of experts. However, Based on their experience, expertise, and world view of each, it's very likely that the people in each group would have vastly differing views on both research methodology and effective reading instruction. You can see then that the views and subsequent recommendations made by any given panel of experts varies greatly and is highly dependent on who is doing the selecting and who is selected. Let me illustrate what can go wrong with a panel of experts. Let's take a look at the National Reading Panel. 
1997, Congress asked the National Institute of Children's Health and Development to work with the U.S. Department of Education to establish a national reading panel. The task of this panel was uh, uh, this panel of experts was to evaluate existing research related to reading instruction in order to find the best ways of teaching children to read. Now, Congress perhaps had never heard of two prominent organizations devoted to doing just this, the International Literacy Association and the National Council of Teachers of English. These organizations are comprised of thousands of teachers, researchers, scholars, and other educational professionals. At the time this panel was put together in 1997, these organizations had been studying reading instruction for over 40 and 80 years, respectively. So, instead of utilizing the expertise, experience, and accumulated knowledge of these organizations, the National Institute of Children's Health and Development selected 14 people and gave them 18 months to review selected reading research. So, let's look at some data. The National Reading Panel, comprised of 14 individuals, was given 18 months, and the only research model considered was randomized controlled experiment. The National Council of Teachers of English has 77,000 members. They have been given over 80 years, and they've looked at all research models. The International Literacy Association, 300,000 members over 40 years. They again consider all research models. Interesting, that bit of data. So how was this 14-member panel selected? Well, the National Institute of Children's Health and Development, the director of that, was a physician. This physician consulted with the Secretary of Education at the time, who was a lawyer with a degree in accounting. They selected a physicist to chair this panel of experts. They put together a 14-member panel that included a physicist, a certified public accountant, a sociologist, a pediatrician, a school administrator, and six people from psychology to be fair now, some members of this panel have made significant contributions to the field of reading instruction. However, clearly excluded from this panel were those who did not adhere to a simple view of reading, represented by the phonological processing model. Here, reading is thought to be simply sounding out words. Also excluded from this panel were those who did not embrace controlled experimental research as the exclusive and epistemologically, epistemologically privileged way of determining causality and making claims as to what constitutes knowledge. Now, it's fairly obvious that this panel of experts was overrepresented by those with a singular theoretical perspective and research paradigm. In short, the panel of experts was put together to, to find a predetermined answer. However, real science does not start with the answer. In 2000, 
The panel issued their 500-page report, the National Reading Panel Report. Now, while this report contained some useful information, none of it was new or groundbreaking. However, because it started with a definition of reading as merely sounding out words, it should not be surprising that the conclusions described a, rare, a rather narrow and parochial view of what effective reading instruction was. So, what are the implications? What might you take from this podcast? Four things. One, if you did not fully understand the peer-reviewed process before, hopefully you now have a better understanding. It's not a perfect process, but it is a process, and this process is important. Second, as you have seen, the process is not without bias or flaws. Peer review does not magically make research unbiased or pure. It is not possible for human beings to have a completely objective, unbiased view of anything. Peer review is simply another filter to try to remove some of the impurities related to bias, methodology, theoretical context, applications, and conclusions. Third, you are the ultimate filter. You are the most important peer reviewer. In this respect, you must always ask, does the strategy or approach work with the students in front of you? Does it enhance their ability to create meaning with print? Does it move them forward unimpeded in their journey to achieve their full literacy potential? It doesn't matter if a strategy or approach demonstrates significant results with a large sample size if it doesn't work with your sample size. And fourth, Federal government has many significant roles to play in enhancing the betterment of our society and improving the lives of all people. However, identifying effective reading instruction is not one of these. This has been the Reading Instruction Show with Dr. Andy Johnson.